0: Hello, good evening, and welcome back to another episode of the Dode Mode podcast. This is another solo episode, and today I'm just going to talk about some of my fun experiences in Ireland. I'm sitting in my room right now wearing a red beret some nice blue light glasses, and a work hoodie. So I'm kind of a casual, well-studied um, Colombian dictator. That's the look I'm going for right now. It's looking pretty good. So to get started, I lived in Ireland for about four months. Um, it was a great time. Learned a lot, met a lot of great people and saw a lot of beautiful landscapes. And I'm going to just tell you a bit about my time there. There will probably be part twos and other... uh, I don't know. There's so many stories I have that this is just scratching the surface. So on my first weekend free from work, I started working right away there because I had a job lined up. On my first weekend free, I booked a an airbnb or uh i think it was a hostel um but it might have been through airbnb or something i forget exactly what it was i think i just googled hostels nearby and for those of you who don't know a hostel is like a hotel except that it's way cheaper because it's a lot of shared spaces sometimes the bedrooms are shared lots of bunk beds stuff like that so you might pay $30 Thirty dollars a night instead of one hundred and fifty dollars a night, or whatever you know. So that's what a hosp- a hostel is. So I looked up areas nearby. Oh, I remember why I found this one because I was biking around town, and I saw a poster for Ackle Island, which was a an island that was within biking distance. There was a a big bike trail. I think they called it the Greenway, all the way out to Ackle Island. Uh, so that piqued my interest, and I looked into Ackle, and it wasn't too far. So I booked a spot for the next day, jumped on a bus in the morning, and headed out there. And that the evening before, I was super tired. Um, I had I was only in Ireland for a couple days at that point, and I had started working the day after I got there. So I was exhausted. So I arrived at Ackle Island and on the bus ride, I met a couple of local girls who were super sweet, super nice, and we had some good laughs on the ride out there. And then they gave me a ride down to my hostel, which was super nice. And from there, I think I went for a bit of a walk around and there was a beach Maybe a 30-minute walk away, I jumped in the water a little bit, um, swam around, got some of that nice, cool Atlantic water on my skin, just beautiful, and saw a bunch of sheep everywhere, just free-range sheep everywhere. They were black-faced mountain sheep, which are a little bit different from what you would think of as a regular sheep. They almost reminded me of a mixture between a sheep and a goat. And actually, at a different point, when I was in Scotland, uh, I remember having an argument with a bunch of Spanish people. Well, I was with my Spanish friend, and he kept saying they were goats. And they were sheep, but he thought they were goats. And then a bunch of other Spanish people walked by and said they were goats as well. So I don't know if in Spanish the word for sheep actually is goats, or what it was but that was kind of funny (laughs) so anyways back to Ackle Island walked around a little bit swam a little bit came back to the hostel and I was put up in a room with maybe 12 beds but there was only one other bed being used so I picked the the bed on the furthest end of the room in a private ish corner and went to sleep for a couple hours tried to get some sleep And this is about mid-afternoon. The guy who was in the other bed, he came into the room after a couple hours. I got up and said hi. And he was an older gentleman. And his name is slipping me right now. I don't remember his name. But he had come back from, I believe, Taiwan or Thailand, where he used to own some sort of restaurant or business. And he had married a local girl from over there, and I think she had passed away. Uh, So he came back to Ireland, where he was from. A little bit older gentleman. He had a nice little dog, and he was doing work at the hostel uh, in exchange for room and board, basically. So he got to stay there for free while he did renovations and construction work. So he was going to take his dog for a walk. We struck up a conversation and he said, why don't you jump in the car? I'll I'll take you where I'm going. So I jumped in. We had a great conversation the whole ride down. And we drove maybe 20, 15-20 minutes and got to possibly one of the most beautiful beaches I've ever seen in my life. It was called Keem Beach or Kem Beach. I think it's technically pronounced Kem, but it's spelled K-E-E-M. So not everybody knows the correct pronunciation. But Kem Beach was just so picturesque. You look across the water and you're looking back towards the mainland on the west coast of Ireland, and there's just gorgeous, enormous cliffs along the mainland. And you look down on this beach from either of the hills on either side of the beach and it's just absolutely stunning so that was cam beach and we went for a little walk in the sand and stuff and it was beautiful the water was chilly but apparently you can see uh, some kind of whales or something at certain times of year which is really cool so there's whale watching groups that will go out there sometimes uh, but that was such a highlight just an absolutely gorgeous beach and i'm a big beach and ocean guy so that was super cool to see in my first week at ireland it was hard to beat for sure and then we went back to the hostel and hung out in the little hostel bar some locals came in it was nice it was nice so that was a good kind of introduction to Ireland, and it was a great way for me to start kind of a pattern of booking places and leaving the spot that I worked uh, on all my time off. I spent a lot of time traveling around Ireland, even though I was consistently employed during my whole time there, whereas a lot of my fellow employees who had come from other countries spent all their time off just sitting around or staying in the town that we lived in. So I was really glad that I got out of town on my first weekend off rather than starting a pattern of just kind of bumming around on my days off, you know? So that was cool. So shortly after that, I I went online and I searched up, ireland's tallest mountain and what came back was karen tool which is spelled uh, very differently from what it sounds at least to my ears as you'll find with a lot of irish spelling it's not intuitive to the native english speaker Um, so i didn't know the pronunciation for a long time even after i heard it uh, pronounced correctly i was still calling it all kinds of things anyways Carinthul is Ireland's tallest mountain. I figured that out, and I I believe it was just the day before I actually went there. I, I found that out, and I booked a hostel for one night in Killarney, which was the closest kind of city. So the next morning, got up super early, jumped on a bus, and took a bus to Galway. And from Galway, so it was about an hour from where I was in County Mayo down to Galway, the city, uh, in County Galway. From there, it was several hours to the town of Limerick, um, which I don't know if that's, I don't know which county that's in actually, if it's County Limerick or if there's another one. Uh, But Limerick is kind of known to be a sketchy town and it was pretty interesting I walked around for a little bit had a couple hours to kill while I was there so went to a little coffee shop and I I found these things on all the do- all the houses they had kind of a basement um a basement entrance so there'd be the sidewalk and then there was a, a metal fence and stairs going up towards the main house entrance and stairs going all the way down under the level of the street to another door. Um, And then it looked like there were doorways, many of them blocked off, but there were many doorways underneath the street as well. And what I later found out was um, back in the days when a lot of households had servants, they would live in in the basement suites or basement areas. Um, So anyone who kind of worked in the house would just go downstairs and live in kind of the poorer person's accommodations underneath maybe. And I would be super fascinated to actually explore underneath the streets in some of those towns, some of those cities. I noticed um, Dublin had that as well, and probably some of the other wealthier neighborhoods in other towns. So Limerick that was cool definitely some some sketchy stuff going on a little bit but I didn't stick around for too long so I'm not actually sure. And then it was another three-ish hours down to Killarney um, Killarney was my probably my favorite town in ireland as far as the cities go it was a little bit touristy but it still had a lot of charm to it there weren't there i think there was one nightclub or something and i'm not a big nightlife guy so if there's a lot of clubs and bars and stuff that will attract a different a different crowd to a town Uh, so this this spot was a little bit more laid back still kind of touristy but not as much as Dublin or uh, Galway or, or Belfast even. So Killarney was a nice city. I spent my first night there thinking about what I was going to do. I walked around a little bit, found, um, I found some mountains nearby within, within eyesight, which was super cool. And, the next morning okay so that evening I started talking to a guy named Paul from Belgium and he had spent his whole life traveling he had worked a job where they allowed him to have a lot of time off so whenever he wanted it to uh, whenever he wanted it he could t- take a, a decent amount of time off his job I think he worked in shipyards or something and he would always have the job waiting for him when he got back so he spent his entire life, traveling to many, many countries across the world. Very fascinating guy. Very interesting to talk to. I told him he should write a book, but he said it would take so much time away from his travels that he had never come around to it yet and didn't think he would. But if he did write a book, I think it would be a, a great read. He was an older gentleman and he had no no cell phone phone no computer, nothing like that. So if you send him, he gave me his email address and I sent him an email and about four months later I got a reply. So pretty cool character, doing everything kind of old-fashioned way, um, interesting guy to talk to. The next morning, I made up my mind I was going to head to Karen Toole, Ireland's tallest mountain. So I started hiking in the direction That it was and it was quite a hike away it would have been likely a three-hour walk just to get there and so I started sticking out my thumb and just you know hitchhiking my way and within five minutes a lady named Mara I believe picked me up and drove me about halfway there and she was lovely she She said, oh, you shouldn't be doing that here. It was a fairly busy stretch of the road. So perhaps I could have been safer about it. Anyways, I just wanted a ride. So she gave me a ride about halfway. And then about a minute later, I kept walking. Um, This gentleman named Dennis with two Ds driving a nice BMW pulled up. And Dennis gave me a ride. All the way there. He he said he'd give me a way a ride part of the way. His house was on the way. So he'd get me about another half of the way there from where we were. And he ended up, we just had a great conversation and he drove me all the way there, which was awesome. All the way to, I think it was called Collins Yard, where there was kind of a tourist center and camping area. So Dennis drove me to Collins Yard. And I found out he was a former, I think he was a retired school principal. So he had seen lots of interesting stuff throughout his time doing that. We had a great conversation. And yeah, he drove me all the way to the base of the mountain, basically. And from there, I grabbed a quick snack from the little cafe. And then I started hiking. And I'd had a couple people tell me to... Not really, maybe not climb the mountain on that day. Uh, weather in Ireland is so, so fast to change that it can be sketchy if you're not prepared. And I had done a little bit of research on Tool itself and it sounded somewhat, I wouldn't say advanced or anything, uh, but like pretty it it required some amount of knowledge and navigation and climbing technique which I have zero of the above. So <laughs> um so I I told myself I wouldn't climb the whole thing. I didn't tell myself that. I told myself I would go for a little ways and see how far I got. Okay. So that starts me off. I walk along the, the hike at the bottom there's some other confused tourists also trying to figure out their way around and i got to the base of where the real climb begins and from the side i was doing it on from colin's yard it's called the devil's ladder which is interesting because it's a very steep um, pretty treacherous area where there's uh, with the moisture and stuff it's basically you're climbing up this cliff that has water running down it. So if you fall, there's a pretty good chance you could roll for a while or fall pretty far. So definitely kind of a little bit interesting there. So devil's ladder, I saw people all up throughout the whole thing. And I forget exactly what the the, uh, length or height of the devil's ladder was, but it was fairly significant. And I just had my little backpack with all of my belongings in it that I had brought to the hostel. I wasn't leaving anything in those rooms. Uh, not that I don't trust anyone, but I really don't in those kind of situations. So I had all my stuff in a little backpack and I had a garbage bag, a garbage bag that I wrapped around my backpack to keep it waterproof ish. And I was down to shorts and no shirt by the time i got to the devil's ladder and i had my trusty hiking vans skateboard shoes on which were great those carried me through all my adventures on in ireland and i recently had to throw them away which was sad but they did great so climbing up the devil's ladder i was passing people left and right a lot of old people, older people, not, not many old people, but just a little bit older people. A lot of people trying to haul their kids up the mountain. Uh, I passed maybe a dozen people on the way up. And being fairly athletic and in good shape, it was no problem for me to move really quickly up that It was somewhat sketchy and kind of a crazy steep climb, very wet as well. So all the rocks are slippery. Um, And every time I turned around, it was just a beautiful view. Just an awesome view of kind of over the looking over the city and looking into a big valley. And actually, I don't know if you could see the city from where I was at that time. Anyways. I made my way up the Devil's Ladder, nothing crazy happened to me, but there was definitely potential for lots of stuff to happen. Made it to the top of the Devil's Ladder, and then there's kind of a flat area where there's just a gorgeous view on both sides. You can kind of see, it's almost a ridge, but a very mild ridge, so you can walk all over the place and take pictures and stuff. A lot of people end their climb there because it's colder up higher you're now exposed from all sides so there's a lot of wind so i continued on Um, at the top of the devil's ladder i would say is about half or two-thirds of the climb up so like i said a lot of people end there but i wasn't doing it at that point the devil's ladder had been easy money so I picked it up and I kept going up. It was colder now. So, definitely some wind and cloud cover. So, you couldn't actually see the ground a lot of the time. And, but it was a much chiller ascent, more, um, less, less steep. You were never using your hands. It was more of just kind of a steep hill to walk up. Uh, so I, I got to the top of that. No major major issues, no major happenings. And there I was. There was a giant cross. I think it was a wooden cross at the top. So I asked somebody to take a picture of me there, which was cool. And there was an, a bit of an enclosure or a shelter that people had built with rocks, a big square bunker kind of thing. So I Hung out in there. I started putting some more shirts and layers back on because up until that point I still only had shorts and no shirt on. So got some more layers on because when I stopped moving it was getting pretty chilly. Ate a bunch of snacks and then started heading down on my way. There was actually a pretty nice view from the top of Carintool. Um The wind kind of blew these clouds in and out so you get maybe 30 seconds of just stunning view. And then another cloud would come in. So it was pretty cool, definitely worth it. Um, I headed back down. And when I got down to kind of that plateau again, at the top of the Devil's Ladder, I looked to my right. And there was this crazy ridge line going the opposite way from the Devil's Ladder. So instead of going back down the way I came and the way everyone was going, I decided I'd see how far I would make it, (laughs) make it down the, the ridgeline. And there were a couple more peaks along that ridgeline. So I figured I'd go take a couple of pictures and go check it out, see how sketchy it was. So I followed some paths, uh, little kind of sheep paths. Obviously some people have gone that way before, I followed some of those paths and got some cool pictures and was hiking along this crazy ridge line where one side is um, a complete drop off for like 2000 feet, something like that. And the other side is a very steep grassy hill where, you know, you would not stop rolling until you hit a large rock. You're not stopping until you get to the bottom, basically. If you fell. So hiking along this awesome ridge and coming up to the the next big peak or the last kind of peak along that ridge. I had been using uh an app to an app on my phone to navigate a little bit. Um which I, I really didn't need up until that point at all. and But I had it just kind of, also just to track my progress, see what altitude I was at, that kind of stuff. So very cool to have some of that info. But I started trying to follow this route and it was taking me directly down, I thought it was taking me directly down the side of the cliff. So I started kind of scrambling down a very steep very wet slippery section of the cliff just before the the mountain peak and I was kind of sliding down trying to slow myself um, going down towards the valley thousands of feet below or a thousand feet below and I'm not not exa- I'm not exaggerating when I say it was a thousand feet um, I've done lots of flying in little airplanes and stuff and I know what a thousand feet looks like from from up high right so it was definitely over a thousand feet uh, down to that little lake below possibly two thousand feet something like that I'm not exactly sure but I was sliding down this thing and then my little GPS app starts beeping at me and it says 50 meters off route. And I'm thinking, well, I'm probably just on the wrong part of this cliff. So basically, instead of heading up to the next peak, I had started going down and around it. And I thought that's what the little tracking app was saying to do. Now, it wasn't, which I realized... I made the the decision to stop my descent when I realized it was only going to get steeper and more dangerous. And now I'm really grateful that I did not start rolling because this was a very steep cliff. And if I had lost my footing or fallen, there was nothing but slippery grass below me and kind of moss and the occasional rock that would you know, go nicely with my head. So I'm super grateful that I was able to keep my footing that whole little endeavor. And I was able to climb back up onto the ridge line. And that for that, maybe 20 minutes of my life, I really didn't know if I would make it. That was a very, um, a good reminder of how fragile everything is and how being prepared or kind of double checking where you're going is a good idea. And I don't, I don't know exactly what lessons I learned from that, but it was, it was definitely cool being in that zone of, of risk and realizing this could have gone way worse. So super grateful. Nothing happened. And I made it back up to the ridge line, summited that peak, which was pretty sketchy, but, you know, a nice path. But if you fell, like if you missed a footing or something, you're going over a cliff. So not exactly sketchy, but at the same time, like pretty dangerous if you're a couple feet to one side or the other. Made it to the top of that mountain. And then I decided to just keep going. So I went down the other side of that mountain and there was a fairly tame descent down that side, somewhat easier than coming up the devil's ladder. So I came, I went all the way down the the mountain on that side and I came across this lake that I had looked down on before, and there was nobody around. It was super quiet, just a bunch of sheep and me. So I had a great time. I jumped in that lake, swam around, you know, lay out in the sun for a bit. It was it was nice and warm now that I was off the mountain as well. Got some got some sun all over my body. And I took off hiking down the rest of the way to where I finally reached a little service road that was going up to a power plant at that lake, I think, or somewhere nearby. Little service road, there was fresh cement, so I carved my name into the road. So if anyone does go to tool and takes the back way up, then you may see my name in some cement with a little heart. And I forget if I put the date. But anyways, um, I would say if you're going to go climb Carantool, you... I don't know, it's up to you, but the back way is much longer distance-wise, but a much easier ascent. It's like a decent hike, but you're not really climbing the same way. The front way from... Oh, maybe it was Cronin's Yard, I forget. Anyways, the front way that most people take is a shorter distance, but the Devil's Ladder is somewhat of an undertaking that being said coming from the back way as well you are going pretty close to some pretty steep edges so I'd recommend just kind of I don't know figuring out what you're comfortable with and you know one side is longer and less slopey but maybe some steeper edges and then the other way is way steeper shorter distance but maybe not as many sheer cliffs to fall off of so that was karen tool and when i got to the next main road i again started hitchhiking oh first i found a little abandoned um, farmhouse which was cool to check out i didn't go inside it because I think the doors were locked. But it was very cool to check out. And I was a little bit creeped out about whether someone was in there or, you know, it, it was crazy. It was obviously abandoned, but you never know if something's going to jump out at you. Um, So then I hitchhiked, got a ride with a French couple back to Killarney. And when I was up on the mountain, actually, I still had reception. So I called up my hostel, And I said, hey, can I get another night? And luckily they had room. So they gave me another night. And that was fun. So I get back to Killarney, drop my stuff off at the hostel. And I started walking around town a little bit. And I went to this gas station and met a couple of American guys. I think there were three cousins who were here for a wedding or something, who were there in Ireland for a wedding. So we met up. um, Actually, We just happened to be in line at a gas station picking up some snacks late at night. And I'd gone out and had a couple of drinks at a pub with some live music before that. Met a nice lady from Chicago, uh, a police detective, actually, who dealt with like um, children's kind of abuse cases and stuff like that. Very interesting person. then I went to this gas station, met these three American guys. Actually, one of them was Spanish, from Spain. And then we all we kind of hung hung out for the rest of the evening, which was super fun. Uh, that's one thing I love about traveling by yourself is that you're so flexible. You can change your plans at any time, and you don't really affect anyone else, right? So you can hang out with a group of new friends, or you can go book a flight to another place or a a bus to another place or you can go home early if you want or whatever, you know, you're so flexible when you're alone and you're more likely to meet people because you're not just stuck with your friend, you're actually out there talking to everyone. And in a way you're, you're forced to meet new people if you want to have any kind of interaction whereas if you have a friend with you you can spend all your time with your friend and never meet anyone else which is fine sometimes that's great I love that too anyways we spent a good time in Killarney for my last night there and hung out and they walked me back to my hostel and we're still in touch a little bit now Um, if I'm ever down in their area they said give us a call and likewise to them if they're ever here I hope to see them. So that was Killarney. I'm super proud of myself for climbing Ireland's tallest mountain and it it was such a beautiful beautiful day. One of one of the best days of my life, I'd say. Just spending my entire day up on a mountain hiking and walking, moving my body. I I moved so much. I covered so many kilometers. I saw so many beautiful views. And I was mostly alone, which is great sometimes. Sometimes I love that. And it was just a totally, totally awesome day, just breathing in that fresh air and stuff. I made some some cool connections as well, which was awesome. I love people. So that was good. And yeah, so one of the best days of my life. Um made it back home and everything, and a couple weeks later at the bar I was working at, I met a guy from County Wicklow on the East Coast, and he recommended that I go spend some time hiking over there. Actually, I, I met that guy before the Killarney thing, but I ended up going to Wicklow after Killarney. So I head over to Wicklow, take a Train to Dublin, about three hours. Then I got on a bus, and I forget what the town was that it stopped in, but I got off at the wrong stop and consequently missed my next bus. So I ended up waiting about three three hours for the next bus. And by that time, I had walked all the way down to the next bus stop which was quite a ways but i made it down there waited around for a couple hours got picked up by the next bus which took me down to Glendalow, which is kind of a touristy area there's some ruins and a grave site there and i started hiking around there's some beautiful beautiful lakes and it's all kind of along this big valley uh, that has a, a big lake in the middle and there's a cave where some famous saint or something used to camp out and so I think it's called like Saint Michael's bed or something anyways something like that and I my plan originally was to hike and climb Ireland's I believe second tallest mountain or at least it was the tallest mountain outside of the range of mountains that I had climbed earlier at Killarney in in county county Killarney does that sound right I'm not sure anyways um so um Wicklow has the the highest peaks outside of Killarney area. And so I went there to climb Wicklow's tallest mountain. I started my hike from Glenda and I was making good time, but I realized it could be a couple of days of hiking or maybe one full day like morning to night of hiking to get there. And by the time I had gotten to Glenda Low, it was well into my first day. I made it up this mountain, this first kind of peak, and I don't know actually how far I got on it uh, relative to the top, but I was out of the trees and on this very exposed spot. There was wind everywhere. It was raining. I was soaking wet eating lots of snacks, having a, a grand old time, right? And at a certain point, I made a decision to turn around because I was so exposed. I wasn't confident that I would be able to have a good good camping spot or a safe spot if I pitched a tent on that exposed um Kind of side of the mountain it was very wet there was a lot of wind and i was just just not confident that it was safe to carry on into the unknown and with the limited supplies i had i had bought a small tent from amazon for about 20 dollars 20 euros so I wasn't super confident in that. So I made the decision to turn around and abandon that plan. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I just knew it was a little bit outside my, um, outside what I felt like I wanted to do. Um, obviously, it's good to get outside your comfort zone, but I just wasn't ready for that at that time. So I turned around, hiked all the way back, um and i got down to the one of the main paths that was kind of paved and i was looking up towards a ridge above me and there was this rock overhang where there looked to be little caves underneath all along this this overhang so i said hey i'm going to go check that out so i i decided To bring my big hiking backpack with me Uh, on this trip I brought a bigger bag like a nice uh, four-point kind of hiking backpack or six point I don't know the one with the strap that goes around your abdomen as well as the two shoulder harnesses and then there's like a chest strap as well and there's a a kind of a thing for your back so that the backpack isn't actually on your back it's just a mesh so that there's airflow and it holds 55 liters of stuff so I had all kinds of food and gear in there and I decided to bring it with me just so that if I found something I wouldn't have to come back down and grab my bag because this was a very steep steep incline and I just didn't feel like doing it it wasn't I wouldn't say it was a very dangerous incline. It wasn't maybe as steep as the cliffs on Karen Tool. But it was just really wet, a lot of plants and trees and stuff, just stuff I didn't want to go through again and again. So I got up to the top, went along this little, so about halfway up the the ridge, right? Or halfway up the cliff. I got to the rock overhang. And I did, I found a little, a little cave. And it was just about the perfect size to get a, an adult male body into. (laughs) And so I set up camp. There was a lot of overhang above me as well. So even just outside the mouth of the cave, I started to hang up all my wet clothes. I took everything off, hung it up to dry and started to make some dinner and I had some canned food and other snacks and I have a little um, camping heater that I lit up and started to cook stuff and I was just sitting there in my underwear overlooking this whole touristy area but I was kind of in the trees in a spot where you would never see me unless knew where to look but i could look down on all these people and it was hilarious i just this was getting to the evening as well so slowly people started to pack up fewer and fewer people around and cars started leaving the parking lot until there was no one there and i'm not actually sure if you're supposed to camp in this area but i wasn't causing any harm so i did it anyway um, I ended up spending that night in in the little cave. I was only mildly concerned as to whether anyone else lived in that cave, like bats or badgers or anything else like that, and fortunately I was the only person on that night, so that was great. Oh, aside from a bunch of giant slugs, which I flicked into new homes down the hill. They're, the slugs in Ireland are huge. I don't know what it is about over there, but they're massive, way bigger than what you'll find in most areas in North America. So that's that's kind of fun. Um, met those guys, said goodbye, and they found new homes. I spent that night in there. It was very cool. I bundled up nicely, had a relatively good sleep for sleeping on rocks. And then the next morning, it was starting to rain. So I packed up my stuff. I was all dry now, had a good sleep, ate some nice breakfast, and headed down that that steep hill. I made it through all that wet stuff, and I started hiking back down to the tourist area, I used the bathroom there. It was packed with students from other countries and stuff like that. I used the bathroom a little bit and then I headed off on another hike. I went the other side of the lake this time and did a giant loop just in the pouring rain. I decided to put on my rain jacket and then just wear swimsuit shorts Uh, like waterproof shorts and um, waterproof shoes, not waterproof, but water shoes. So I was absorbing a lot of water on my lower, on the lower half of my body, but my abdomen was, and torso, I guess was, was totally dry. So that was good. Um, A little chilly at some points, but just absolutely stunning views walking along this, this hill at the top of the the lake there, just stunning. And then I made my my way in a big loop. In some areas it was hard to navigate. Um, I was always a little bit worried about certain wet spots because in Ireland there's something called the marsh or what is it? It's like moss, basically that they burn peat moss. So in the, in the peat moss areas, the name is slipping me right now. In the bog, they call it the bog. In boggy areas, there's things called bog holes, which are very hard to see if you don't know what they look like. And if you fall into one, it's like quicksand, very difficult to get out of. So I was always a little bit worried that I'd fall into one of those when I had never been there before. Fortunately, I never did. I think I kind of identified some of them in my in my journeys, but I didn't fall into them. Anyways, those are probably one of the biggest hazards of hiking in Ireland that I would say you should learn lots about and try to keep in mind when you're out there. There's no big predators or anything, but a bog hole could seriously pick your life anyways made a big loop and by the end of that day I was so soaking wet that I decided I didn't want to spend another night camping and I got on the next bus I could and made it back to Dublin and from Dublin I was minutes late to my to the last train headed back to Mayo where I was I was minutes, probably three minutes late for the last train. And I I didn't know what I, what I was going to do. I kind of looked through some of my friends to see, did I know anyone in Dublin? Not really. Could I crash with someone? Not really. And then I realized there was a train to Galway within 15 minutes. And from Galway in Galway, I knew some people. So I jumped on that train, made it to Galway, and I found out there was a bus from Galway to back to my home. And that left about a half hour after the train got in. So it was perfect timing. I think that time I ended up staying with my friends in Galway just because, and then actually what was fun about that was that the next morning, I jumped on a bus and went to the Cliffs of Moher, which were awesome. Very touristy, but just so stunningly beautiful. There's all these big kind of walkways and tourist offices built everywhere. So that's not totally my vibe. But if you keep hiking for a little while, you'll a little while, you'll get out of the touristy area. And you're just walking along these giant cliffs super cool. Awesome views. Just just absolutely beautiful. So I made it to the Cliffs of Moher. That was awesome. Made it back to Galway and then headed home in the evening. So I kind of got another cool little experience when I thought I had missed my train and it was a de- disaster and everything. I actually ended up getting that whole other experience to see see those cliffs, which was another highlight for sure. So that was Wicklow. Um, Let's see how we're doing for time here. Like I said, I'm going to have more, more of these coming up. So I think I'm going to wrap it up here for today. Thank you so much for listening. I have fun putting these out and I hope you enjoy listening to them. I am interested to hear some feedback about whether you guys enjoy interviews with other people more, or if you'd like me to start doing some more of these solo episodes. Um, Either way, I have fun doing both. And I'd just be interested to hear what you guys think. So anyways, let me know. And I will dive back into some of my travel stories very soon. Thanks again for listening. And I'll catch you on the next one.